Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. I have a very special guest today. His name is uh, Mark Anthony, and he's an author. He's a speaker. He is uh, with a newly released book, Join the Seven Figure Club. It's going to be a fascinating conversation about business, entrepreneurship. Um, I'm really excited and welcome, Mark, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. A uh, real pleasure to you know chat with you, uh, your listeners. Fantastic. Thank you. We connected through Podmatch. And like I said, I'm always interested in um, cross-pollination of ideas, taking insights and distinctions, dissecting them and applying them. So tell the audience about your story, your background, and how you got started. Thanks, Chris. I have always been an entrepreneur. You know, even, even as a little kid, I would sell lemonade, you know, for a quarter. The other kids would sell it for 10 cents and I would still sell more lemonade than them. So, you know, there was always a, you know, my mom left. She said there's always been a natural, you know, business progression. And, you know, in college I started a firm, basically took it coast to coast pretty quickly. And it was really my whole idea to business is deliver a lot of value, really take care of your customer. You know, in the medical field, you know, your cust- you do have customers, they're patients. And the more you make them feel like they're not just coming to you because, you know, you have the right insurance carrier that, you know, you're, you know, both in sync on. Instead, it's about when you really connect with people, that's where the referrals come from. That's where they feel the value, the love, the care, of course. And, and it just makes business better for everybody. And a, a big part of the book, Join the Seven Figure Club, you know, the, the subtext is build your business, increase profits, get your life back. And a really big piece of growing is making sure you don't just have a business or a practice, but you really have a life that has you fully uh, vibrant on every aspect, you know, of what you're doing. So uh, I started early and I took that philosophy and it led to me actually having multiple businesses. Uh, you know, some are doing eight figures. So it's not theory. We're talking practice what you preach. Yes, it's so interesting. And then, uh, you know, we have, uh, I have so many questions, you know, um, first thing is most people on this podcast listening, you know, six figures, um, seven figures, and uh, some people want to jump into the seven, eight figures. So tell, you know, kind of, uh, this question, how to join the seven or eight figure club? 
Fantastic. That, that's, a, that's a big, <laughs> that's a several hundred page answer. <laughs> I say it playfully. You know, it really starts with clarity on a goal. And if you decide on the real value that you want to deliver, you can clearly, you know, have it be a doctor making, you know, 500. You want to get to seven figures. It could be how do you grow the practice? How do you clone uh, some younger doctors that could allow you to leverage the amount of patients that you can serve and take care of? In other cases, you know, it can tie into investing. It's really tied to the plan of the type of life that you want to have. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always like to talk about is, do you want just seven figures or do you want a seven-figure lifestyle? Because part of the lifestyle is being able to do things that you enjoy, your hobbies, the things that make you feel like you're contributing, you know, but marketing and great customer service, referrals, negotiating the right deals. Those are all very specific steps that will, of course, get you to uh, seven and eight figures. And I'm more than happy to, to dig into any of those individually, of course, if, if that would be the right feel for your readers and for yeah. your listeners. Yeah, I love this. I, I love how you described it. Um, the, exactly how the way I think is like you have you have a situation and you're always thinking, how do you leverage? How do you scale? And then you, you talk about, especially for doctors, because most doctors, they think, okay, I work longer hours, I work harder, uh, take more call, make more shifts, make more, uh, charge more per hour. And everything is in terms of time. But, um, you know, they eventually realize that this is not going to sustain. So you talk about cutting your hours in half while doubling your profits. Expand, expand upon that. Fantastic. So really important piece of that is leveraging the people around you. Okay. So you essentially, in many ways, one part of it is cloning yourself, but another part of it is something that I, that's a big goal for the doctor, for the head of the practice or for the management team. But what you want to do is you want to get the entire team behind that. So I like to say that that's your goal, but what's the big goal for the practice? In other words, how can you get your team together, do it in a morning or after, you know, close the practice early one afternoon and get everyone to brainstorm what's the value that we're going to deliver to the patient, to the people that we serve? How are every one of us contributing to that value? Whether it's the person checking someone in, the person taking them down the hall into the particular exam room, you know, what do each of you do to deliver value to the patient? How do each of you make that experience better? And the more everyone gets on board with that, the more the volume goes up, the more everybody feels they're a part of making that difference. And when you have those things happening, the amount of referrals that come in goes up. The amount of comfort someone has coming back more frequently, you know, just for that checkup or just they're not sure, but they actually in, enjoy, so to, so to speak, being there. All of those become things that drive your visits forward upward and contribute to you moving towards putting in fewer hours because the staff is owning more and more responsibility while your patient count is going up and everybody wins. The care factor goes up. That's good for the patient. The number of visits goes up. That's good for the entire team. 
And when they take on more responsibility, that drops the doctor's workload. And that's a real win in every respect. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, we have this idea what seven-figure, eight-figure business owners, how they think differently, what they're doing to scale while the typical small business owner struggles. You know, What is that mindset shift? So the mindset shift is to stop focusing just on the result. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. However, they're defining millions. You know, everybody wants to be that. They want to be better looking. They want to be in better shape. But that's a result. And the biggest shift I have every one of my clients make in every bigger business is on the path to doing it is not focusing on just the result. That's only a small piece of it. I call it the driver. You know, the number of patients you have, the amount of revenues you do, that's a result. But what drives that? It might be getting involved with additional insurance carriers. It might be actually calling each of your patients to come in for an annual or a semi-annual checkup. So the outbound call to the patient is a driver to getting them to come in. A call back after the visit to say, how did you like that visit? How are you feeling? Doesn't have to be made by the doctor, but someone's checking in makes them feel cared for. So that could be a driver that you're doing the follow-up, that you're sending out a newsletter. All of those are additional actions. And when you actually track, and that's the key, you actually track what driver is being put in place and how are your drivers performing, if they're good, guess what happens? All the results move forward. It is amazing how few people actually track the driver. And that's one of the biggest things that we put in place and that creates the awareness. So you're, you're managing your practice on, on drivers that you can impact rather than results that once they're done and in place, you know, when, when Q1 is over, it's over. If you mm -hmm. watched what was happening in January and February, in the first week of February, you could quickly make an adjustment and then move your year forward. Yeah, I love this. And um, like I said, I love um, talking to top thinkers and minds. And um, one thing you do very well is metaphor. So I'll go through some of these. And so you have this, um, uh, you have the one fourth to technique to stop countless interruptions and distractions. Uh, explain that. One way to just discuss countless interruptions is what I call the quarter two rule. You're going to have staff, like they're going to be like a family of eight kids. They're all going to be wanting to pull at you and ask you different directions. So what I implemented, because it was driving me crazy and everything I put in the book and I work with clients on is, you know, practice what you preach. My hour would fly by and I felt like I didn't get nearly what I wanted done. So what is the quarter two rule? The quarter two rule is I work on something from let's call it 11 to 11.45, from 12 to 12.45, from 2.45, you know, but at the quarter two, so you get two to 2.45, you're fine. But at 2.45, that's when you can come knock on my door and say, you know, Mark Anthony, I have a question. And what happens is the staff, the most they have to wait, if it's 2.01, is 44 minutes to get their question answered. Right, you're, you're, you're 
doors closed at that point, even though it figuratively it really was open. But and usually they only had to wait like 10 minutes or you know, 20 minutes. And I started to pop out of my office at 245, at 345, you know, folks, like no one's here. Any questions? The number one thing they said was, we got it taken care of. We figured it out. They knew the answer. You know your staff knows the answer. You're both empowering them and they're feeling empowered to actually solve it. it it's like your child actually looking the word up themselves because you told them just look it up in a dictionary. It, it's not that hard. Empower your people, but also create some boundaries that make them start to walk that talk that they're capable of. Mm, I love that. That's really interesting. I've started implementing a timer and then, you know, while the timer is going, you know, you have to focus on, you know, that task and it uh, helps eliminate a lot of distractions. Um, and then you talk about um, this uh, 70% rule allowing business owners and managers to clone themselves. Uh, what is that? Oh, it is a, it is a game changer. So thank you for this 70% <laughs> rule was one of the things that allowed me to go from ridiculously long hours to really starting to scale my businesses. And there's a lot of things that each of us are are really good at. You know, as doctors, we're we're well educated. We know the answers to a lot of things. People come to us for the answers to a lot of things. But we can't grow if we're the ones solving everything. So what I realized when the staff could do something 70% as well as me, that was actually good enough. If you were going to call up the patient and remind them to come in for a checkup to be to be simple, well, that might be great. You call 100 patients, they hear directly from you, 100 of them are going to come in. Well, you can't call 100 people and <laughs> do everything else. But if your staff called, if they called 100 people, you know what, just being reminded and being called politely and it being done well, 70 of them, 80 of them are going to still come in. The difference is the most you have is probably time to call 20 people. If that, forget about calling 100, but you could have a staff that could call everybody. You could have three people calling 100 people and you are really serving all those people that you know should be coming back in for follow-up. They get better care but you've cloned your people. And even if they did it 70% as well, three people doing that is way better than one doctor doing it at not even the quantity that he knows he should be, he or she should be getting to. So 70% rule, total way to break out of perfection and into scalability. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's, that's a very uh, fascinating concept. It's like good enough and then basically you save the time um, and scale it. The And a little extra piece on that, by the way, because yeah. you said good enough. And so I want to address that is it actually turned into better than me. You see, a couple of times, like some calls and some situations came up that I normally used to be the guy always handling. And I realized, wait a minute, Justin should take care of that. And Jordan should take care of that. Because they actually, because they did it all the time, they started to do it actually better than me. So I was the one who started to do it good enough, and they were the ones who did it great. So don't be afraid to implement that. 
just want to make sure we got that clear for the docs. What what do over 90% of all businesses not do that would immediately transform profitability while reducing hours? Okay, we spoke a lot about you know starting to track the drivers. So once you're aware of the driver, you actually post them for your team to see. You actually have your team. And here's a huge piece, which again, 90% will not do this. You actually ask your team, what are the, what's the result that you're focused on? Well, what are the things that make it happen? And you have your staff define the drivers. Because you know what? You know them, but when they state them, they admit that they know them too, but it also becomes their idea. And you tell them, that's a great idea. If you could do more focus on that, I want you to do that. Great. Great idea. Love it. Run with it. They go home saying, you know, the heads of the practice recognize what I do. And now you've put them in a position to track themselves, actually get the numbers from them each week, have it be posted each weekend, each month, and everybody clearly, clearly sees that they're either doing what needs to be done or they're not. And that becomes a whole different way of managing people. But, you know, as I think it was, you know, uh, Peter Drucker had said, you know, when you measure something, it improves. Stop being stuck in a chaos get into actual management and and hold your people to the numbers and let them hold themselves to the numbers. Hmm. You know, as we come to the conclusion, um, again, I like, I love how you have metaphors. So I'm going to ask these questions. Um, so one thing is Top Gun experiences, cold plunges, or intentionally being uncomfortable experiences and why? <laughs> Anyone who gets to know me is right. If you're going to have, you know, be a member of the seven figure club in terms of lifestyle, you, you need to do fun things. But why do I do, you know, the Top Gun experience, literally flying a plane upside down and like as if you were on a roller coaster doing loop de loops? Uh, you know, why do you jump into a cold plunge? Yeah, it's hard. But when you start doing things that are hard, you actually realize when hard situations come up, you are absolutely ready to embrace them. You find solutions, you know you can do them, and you actually have fun in the process. You start to make that type of shift and you're, you're living life with an abundance of experiences that other people don't have and you are getting better in whatever line of work someone chooses you want to be the best at it and you want your team to be the best at it. So start giving people the lesson of take on what's hard, but take it on in a fun way. Yeah. And you have an interesting New Year's Eve rituals that differs from most people. What is that? Oh, a, lot of, a lot of my <laughs> friends thought I was crazy with that is I actually don't like to go out on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I go out all the time. And if you're living a great life, you should be going out all the time and doing fun things. But I actually use New Year's Eve. It's an anchor date for me to actually stay in. I have a phenomenal meal. Uh, I personally like nice wine. So I usually open up a really nice wine too. But then I look back through my journals and notes of the year and list all the big wins that I achieved. That feels great. Then I also formally set goals and I list all the big goals I want 
for the next year coming in. So I actually slow down on New Year's Eve to spend the day or the evening planning what a perfect next year will look like. So I'm taking what other people are going out, getting tired, overspending, getting uh, starting the new year tired on the first day. I'm starting it totally energized with a game plan for what I want the other 364 days to look like. And, and it just allows me to, to have my life plan mapped out and then I actually check in mid-year as well. Uh, other people don't do it and they're like, they're floundering. They're, they don't set the course. Set the course of what you want and put that marker in the sand on New Year's Eve and uh, make January great. And then, you know, 10% of the year is already in with great momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, final question is, you know, people work hard um, and you use this thing with sticky notes and have people committed to play as hard as they work. How does that work? So that ties right into <laughs> the New Year's Eve uh, piece that we were talking about. You say you want to play more golf. You say you want to run a marathon. You say you want to take a trip with your family. People talk about it. I actually take a big calendar, big wall calendar, and I take sticky notes that cover up each box. When I say I want to do something, I write that out. Let's say you want to do a five-day trip somewhere to Italy. You know, an I, a T, an A, an L, and a Y goes on each of those boxes of that day. If you want to be trekking up a mountain with your kids, you go on a wonderful family hike, and you blocked out two weeks from now, I put that on a sticky. Other things are always coming up. You know, one of those little post-it note stickies. And if you're going to have something else come up, the date's already covered. What you need to do is peel off the sticky. And now you need to either place it somewhere else on the calendar so it still stays active or you're going to take that sticky note and throw it in the garbage. Mm. If you were planning on doing that hike with your children and now something else came up that was important, you got to cut. Is it, is it so important that you're willing to throw that experience with your children away or with your spouse or with whatever you wanted to do just for yourself, but it anchors it and it makes it locks it in. But if you're going to not do it, you got to either re-anchor it somewhere else or recognize you've chosen to throw that experience away. And that creates a really powerful year full of the experiences that happen instead of the one day I will. And mm -hmm. that's the type of stuff that, that makes a practice and a life fun, uh, not just all work. Yeah, that's very powerful. I love that. And, you know, putting it on the schedule, um, you know, one thing that one thing that's really helpful is uh, kind of if you have that time and you, you're uncertain, just do it because you, you never know if, you know, you'll get tomorrow. I know you have a you have a book called uh, Join the Seven Figure Club. And how can people find it on either on Amazon or your website, your social media? How can people reach you? Sure. The, the two easiest ways to get the book, Join the Seven Figure Club, are going to the website, Join the Seven. Or, of course, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and if you wanted it for your staff, if you wanted it for somebody else, uh, you know, 
we set it up where it really made it so easy for everybody to get information that really allows them to move forward in whatever goal they want. But I, by the way, even uh, people said I was crazy, but the Kindle, the, the you know, digital version, I made it 99 cents because I wanted to make it as free as possible for people. So you can get, you know, the actual physical copy of the book, join us. Uh, you can, you know, find me on LinkedIn, Mark Anthony with a K. So, but some people think it's the other guy with the C, but it's Mark Anthony. And of course, uh, you know, there's LinkedIn, there's uh, Mark Anthony High Performance on Instagram. I'm old school though, you know, just go to join the seven figure club.com, send me an email and I will genuinely help you get answers to your questions. You know, we, we've lived blessed lives and at a certain stage, what you want to do is have other people get to the next stage and next plateau as well. And for all the audience out there listening, Mark, for this fantastic conversation, boiling very complicated concepts into very truisms and metaphors and redefining rich and how it changes everything. Uh, be sure to check out his book. I'm going to check it out as well on Amazon and follow him on all his socials. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Chris, thank you so much. Great time with you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week